0: Hello and a big warm welcome to you. My name is Marion Rose, PhD if you don't know me already and in this podcast I want to talk a little bit about separation anxiety. Now you may know my background is in developmental psychology and psychotherapy and I remember back in the day that we used to talk about separation anxiety as a really particular thing and I think nowadays it's used much more widely and and by parents it used to be more of a psychological term and it used to be really referring to a particular stage of development which was usually around about from five or six months to around about 18 months with obviously differences for different children and really uh, seen as a natural stage of development where uh, babies and toddlers really um, prefer to be with familiar people with whom they're attached, particularly securely attached, and that they will cling and protest if um, being uh, taken to care for by people that they're unfamiliar with. So that was a particular thing. But I want to talk more about this wider perspective because uh, I really want to give a context to, um, to look at all the different things that might be happening. So if you have um, a child, particularly if they're older than that, and they have feelings showing up around either being separated for you, from you with unfamiliar people or with familiar people, to, so that you have s- some of the theory, so that you can inquire into what might be going on for your child, and what you can most do to help them and yourself. So let me just check. I just wanted to check it was recording. So what I love to do is I'm a Level 2 Aware Parenting instructor. Aware Parenting was developed and created by Aletha Salter, PhD, who's the founder of the Aware Parenting Instructor. And One of the models she uses to look at the causes of behaviours is to look at three different reasons. I'm taking this a bit out of context, but I find it a really helpful model to actually use here. So that three of the main reasons children can do things, the causes of their behavior can be, number one, a need for information, number two, a present time need that isn't being met, and number three, pent up painful feelings. And I find with this piece around separation anxiety, or basically feelings around separation showing up, that we can go through that list to to look at what might be going on for our children. Because of course when we know the, the cause of a behaviour, we can then respond at that causal level. So we can respond to the actual cause rather than to looking more at a superficial level. So, let's look at number one, need for information. So I think this is a really helpful one to understand, particularly for babies of that five to six months to eighteen months-ish range, to really understand their understanding of the world. So for a baby they haven't yet developed the sense of time in the same sense that we have. So if someone leaves and particularly if they're left on their own or they're in a place that's unfamiliar or with a person that's unfamiliar they... it takes time, it takes uh, it's a developmental process to have an understanding that that person will come back. So they don't experience time in the same way as us which is why for a baby being left alone for example, or being left alone to cry can seem like eternity because they don't experience time in the same way as we do. We don't they don't in terms of the information they don't have that understanding that information that things or people that go away come back again and they don't have the same sense of time as us. So this used to be called object constancy, which is one of the reasons why games like peekaboo that babies will laugh because they're really learning that if something, or someone uh, if, you, if they can't see them that that person still exists so if we put our hands or we hide behind something and we come and we peekaboo out again if we do that in a quick amount of time then the, the baby can laugh they're releasing a little bit of fear around that um, separation in a way that's healthy but if we hide for too long you may find that they start to cry because they are still learning object constancy. it used to be called object constancy it really means people constancy as well it means to know um, you know to really understand these these cognitive these um, this information really so that's one of the reasons why um, separation anxiety exists and if you think about that for older children as well, it's one of the really important pieces that. If we are going to be going away and we're leaving them with someone else, that they have information about that. Uh, So for an older child, that we are coming back, that the person that they're with, you know, that we give them information about that. And of course, even for a, a child who is still quite young, they still don't have the same sense of time. So for them, if we say half an hour or three hours or whatever it is, they still don't have that cognitive sense that takes time really to understand that and I think that can be really helpful. I find that the more we put ourselves into our babies or child's shoes and actually understand what they're experiencing, the more we can respond to them in ways that are going to be um, helpful, compassionate and are going to be, really help both of us. So that, that's the first piece, the need for information. So let's look at the second piece, which is is needs in the here and now. So part of that, again, that's the, the separation anxiety that will naturally show up between that five to six to roughly 18 months' age is a need for familiarity, a need for safety, a need for connection, a need to be understood. So it's really natural for babies and children, and also much older than that, to need to get to know someone before they're left with them, so um, because that's part of um, safety, it's part of familiarity, it's part of being understood. If a baby's left with a complete stranger, it's really natural for them to feel scared. They don't, they don't have a sense of connection with that person. They don't. Um, that person, you know, particularly when the baby's nonverbal, that person hasn't. Experience enough of that baby to be able to read their cues probably and so it's really important again to take into uh, um, our understanding that it takes time for babies and children to get to know someone that's part of secure attachment and absolutely they they can get to know many other people as well as their parents and I mean as uh, as much as they will know their parents but they can Um, have multiple secure attachments but it is important that we are going to leave our baby or our child that we watch their cues we give them repeated experiences of being with that adult whilst we are with them before we leave them alone and that when we do leave them alone we're listening to their cues so that they have a yes to us going they have that sense so that's the, the needs part They have a sense of enough familiarity, enough safety, enough being understood by that person that they feel safe to be left. So it's really important to listen to children's cues on that and babies' cues. Um, And that can be, even with much older children, to really respect that and listen to that. So... Um, You know, if we're leaving our child with a new babysitter or a new daycare or a new school, uh, you know, that they have an opportunity to get used to the person that is going to be caring for them. Now, the other thing about babies and children is they're really listening to the needs in that way that they are very tuned in to people. So they may protest or cry when a certain person holds them, for example, or when they're being left with that person, it may be that they haven't cried before and they're starting to cry. And again, really, it's really important to listen and inquire and have a think about what's going on because it can be, for example, that they can sense in that person if we're leaving with them with someone who is um, perhaps very stressed or perhaps um, not attentive or not attuned to them or doesn't understand them. It's natural for a baby or a child because they really need those things to be understood to be to be safe to be met to be connected with that if they're crying that perhaps that person isn't meeting those needs for them and it could be if it's with a daycare or a babysitter it may even be something that's happened there in the past that wasn't so enjoyable and it may not be about the person it may be that there was a A dog that barked there or there was some loud music that was scary or um, another child pushed them over. So some of the, you know, could also be that that's happened. So again, it's really important for us to go through and listen, to really take seriously our child's protests and our child's feelings and listen and understand really what's going on and why so that we can make sure that they have the information, that their needs are met And then there's this third piece. So the third piece can be that, and this can be particularly the case, say, if a baby or child is securely attached with mum and dad, but whenever they're with dad, they start to cry. Or, you know, some other person, whenever they're with that person, they cry a lot. Now, what can be going on in these cases is that, um, and this this is so common, uh, is that as mums, we will generally tend to Um, veer on the side of thinking if our baby or child's upset that there's an unmet need and we'll do whatever we can to meet that need. But sometimes they have feelings to express and a lot of the time they have feelings to express. And that can mean that it's actually much harder for them to express those feelings with us because we've inadvertently um, stopped those feelings from being expressed. And this can often happen between mums and dads. And then and it can lead to to big challenges because it may it may seem that actually the baby is not feeling safe with the dad or isn't um the dad isn't meeting their needs but quite often it can be that actually the baby is or the child is freer to express some of those feelings with dad rather than with mum so that's another really important thing to to bear in mind it can also be because the way the psyche works is that if we're in a situation that reminds us in some way of the past and we haven't had a chance to express the feelings about that and heal from that, that those feelings will come up in the present as if it's about the present. So if a baby or a child has experienced separation that was challenging, so for example if they were separated after birth this can be particularly if, um, but this can be even if it's straight after birth for half an hour, but it particularly if a baby's had a longer separation than that maybe for a day or two maybe they're under lights maybe they're in a uh, incubator or humidity crib so the longer that is the more they will have feelings that they didn't probably didn't get to express around that feelings confusion of confusion or fear loss sadness um, all kinds of big feelings and what can happen is then when they have separation experiences later in their life, that can be around babysitters or daycare or kinder kindergarten playgroup, whatever country you're in, what you call it, whatever you call it, or school, that they can have really big, big feelings showing up then. So again, it's really important for us to tease out and untangle what is going on here. Do they go through that list? Do they have information? Do they understand what's happening? If so, and there's still feelings, then we look at the next one. Are there needs being met here? Have they had opportunity to get to know this person? Is this person available and attentive and emotionally safe? And if we've gone through both of those, then it can be this third reason. The important thing is to know that we can help our children and we can listen to these feelings. And, um, you know, I think often parents are told you know well if you go away they'll stop crying or you just sneak out the door or you know there's so many ways in which our culture doesn't understand the importance of listening to feelings around separation the paradox is the more we listen to our babies and children's feelings around um, separation that were separations that were painful the more free they are because they've healed those uh, from those experiences they've expressed them to loving ears and arms they actually have um, more freedom to then separate to go and have new experiences when they have those other two pieces, the information and the needs met. So that's another really important piece. And the final piece that's even that's also has a big impact is our own feelings, and particularly so there's two pieces here. One is I talked to lots of parents around um school and daycare and preschool and all these kinds of things and if we ourselves aren't sure about the situation if we're not sure actually if this is a place that's going to feel safe for our child or that fits with our values for our child and we haven't found that yet in ourselves and we so we're not really clear on our yes or our no our children will pick up on that so it's really important that we find that place in ourselves that either we have a really clear sense that this is emotionally safe this is our child's needs are going to be met we feel a big yes to it then our children are going to pick up on that or if we sense there are some things that don't quite feel congruent and you know our child is going to have some upset feelings to come home and tell us about that we feel confident or we feel willing to help them with that healing process, at the end of each day or most days, that we we feel confident in our capacity to do that, and we're willing to do that, then we still then have a yes to them going. It's really important to us to have that clear yes. And if we have that yes, then they're going to get that. Um, that's going to give them more of a, a sense of confidence. Whereas if we're if we well, I don't really know if this is this feels safe or right for you, they're going to pick up on that and they're probably going to be unlikely to be willing to go. Um, So that's a piece that's really important for us to get. And the other thing is that often our own past unheard and unhealed experiences around separation that were painful. Separation where we weren't ready, our own separations around birth, around school, where our feelings of sadness loss grief mourning fear frustration rage terror weren't heard and healed from then often those will also come up in relation to our children because again when we're reminded of something that's from the past that hasn't been healed from and it's in the the situation the present is reminding us of that in the past those feelings will come up as if they were that situation was happening now and again our children will feel those so often we um, you know they'll pick up on our fears around their, th- them separating from us and that will mean they will be reluctant to separate and they'll also tune into our feelings. So I'm sending lots of compassion if that's happening I really want to let you know that can be an ongoing process you know from so- someone myself who's had, had really big early separations I can really see how that has really impacted my children and you know, there's still ways that I'm helping with them with that. So I think it's really important to be compassionate with ourselves with this. I have a, a psycho-spiritual perspective and I see that we have repeated opportunities to heal from our hurts um, so that we're less likely to pass them on to our children and we will pass some of our hurts on even if we're doing lots of inner work around that. So it's really just an ongoing invitation to see where am I, where am my past separation hurts still affecting how I am with my child, and there you know really the paradox about parenting is our children come into the world, and our job really is to help them to individuate and separate out from us so that they can be themselves and go out into the world, and the more healing we can do around our own. Challenging places that we experienced around that in our own infancy childhood teenage years, the more free they are to to go on their journey and that they you know they all will carry aspects uh, of ours that we haven't yet healed from, maybe around separation, it may be around other things, but I do want to send you lots of compassion and empathy if that is showing up for you in your family. So I wonder how this sits with you. I really want to remind you it can be really that I find this such a helpful model, Letha Salter's model to really think about those three pieces. Is this to do and, and it's sometimes and often isn't just about one of those three, but the more we can understand, okay, is this about information? Is this about needs? Is this about pent up painful feelings from the past that are coming out to be heard and healed? Also for ourselves, really seeing those pieces for us the more we understand what's really going on for our child, the more we're going to be able to address each of those things and help them so that they are freer to separate out in healthy ways at the times that are really right in their own developmental journey. So thank you so much for listening. I hope this was helpful. I do have a website, marionrose.net, where I talk about lots of these things. I have lots of free courses and paid courses. Have my new, if you're listening to this in April 2018, my new Psycho Spiritual Parenting course. And um, yeah, hope you enjoyed this and I will talk to you again another time. Lots of love. Bye.